0: The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no. Thought control.
1: Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom
2: and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. Education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are here again with my wonderful co host, Abigail Johnson. Absolutely. And our wonderful guest as well. Yes. So we're here again with Christine Truyan from Minnesota Parent Alliance.
3: And we're switching topics this evening to something that just sounds so sweet. <laughs> sounds so <laughs> interesting. Doesn't it? Social, emotional learning. Mm-hmm. So we're here. Christine is going to give us the rundown of something that, boy, it sounds so great. It sounds like something we all should learn and need to know. But uh, there's a lot going on behind that acronym, so let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, Christine. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, this is
1: <laughs> this is going to be a busy show. It's there's going to be a lot to get through here, but um, you're absolutely right. Social emotional learning, I've said it before, is like one of the most effective marketing schemes in the history of the world. <laughs> um, social emotional learning sounds great. I have young kids, and I think when most people hear social emotional learning, it's like kindness, Mm -hmm. managing your emotions, those Mm -hmm. all sound like very positive skill sets that Mm -hmm. your children should have Mm -hmm. as they go forward into adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here to tell you that that, (laughs) what you hear and what you get are two different things with Mm -hmm. social emotional learning. Um, So I think the easiest way to break this down, because again, this is one of those issues in education right now that it is such a thorny, complex issue, and we could spend 10 shows on this and not Mm -hmm. touch all the pieces. But I think the most important thing to understand is that you know maybe last year or the year before, critical race theory was sort of the buzzword and everybody's very concerned. Is it in my school? What is it? What does it look like? Critical race theory is an academic theory and that had been said a lot during that time. It's the ideology mm-hmm. that social emotional learning is founded upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and diversity and, and inclusion and equity. So, you know, DEI, I think a yes. lot of people have those types of specialists now staffed at their schools or administrators in their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the marketing scheme. So diversity, inclusion, equity sounds great. I want that. That sounds mm-hmm. like a positive thing. Uh, social emotional learning is the delivery system. Mm-hmm. So that is how they're going to get CRT. Into your kindergartner's hearts mm-hmm. and minds, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a delivery mechanism, and social emotional learning is that. Um, so, a lot. It's a good
2: description, by the way. Yeah,
1: it's try, mm-hmm. uh, trying. I'm trying to kind clear. of like mm-hmm. figure out, you know, which, <laughs> what's what here because it is mm-hmm. complicated. Um, so, you know. I think just very plainly, social emotional learning at this point, what it truly is, is the psychological manipulation of children to adopt a radical viewpoint by undermining parental rights. Mm. And that's a pretty loaded statement. I'm going to say it again, because I think in in my studies about this and talking to experts who have dedicated very, very long nights Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to figure out what this is and what it isn't, it is the psychological manipulation of our children to adopt a radical viewpoint by undermining parental rights. Mm. So we'll we'll tear apart kind of what that mm-hmm. is and how they do that. But mm-hmm. um, Castle is an organization that I think every parent should become very familiar with. Okay. It is C A S E L, and that is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. That is the organization that provides the framework for these programs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about ninety percent of the programs, the social emotional programs that your district has likely adopted are part of the CASEL organization. Interesting. So that's the framework that hides Mm -hmm. critical race theory um, and psychologically manipulates children into believing this ideology through something that they're calling culturally responsive teaching. You may Mm -hmm. or may not have heard of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's in the new teacher licensure rules as well. It also has the acronym Mm -hmm. CRT. So again, there's all of these words being tossed around Mm -hmm. and acronyms, and it's really important to understand the clear definition of what do we mean when we say Mm -hmm. CRT. Mm -hmm. We're talking Mm -hmm. about culturally responsive teaching, um, you know, How convenient. Yeah. That really they came truly, up with a truly.
2: phrase and an acronym that matches so clearly, but has such a completely different meaning. Yeah.
1: Yep. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to know about CRT. Um, but basically, and I think the most disturbing part about this is that these programs are designed to exploit the experiences and the emotions of children. Children are naturally just empathetic little people. Mm-hmm. They yes. want to be good people and they want praise and they mm-hmm. want affirmation and they want all of those things from the grownups in their life, whether they're mm-hmm. the teachers or the parents. Um, and so, they, you know, they seek to please in that way. Mm-hmm. And so they are in an incredibly vulnerable place um, to be shaped right mm-hmm. it, with, with morals and values and and that is not the role of our public schools um, but that is the role that they're going to play under the guise mm-hmm. of you know we have this mental health crisis and and these students need this support they may not be getting it at home mm-hmm. um, so it's it's really hard to be the voice that stands up and starts asking questions about this because you will be shouted down as somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't care about the kids and their mm-hmm. mental health right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it is it is out of love that you start asking these questions because yeah. you start to quickly realize that this is not the branding on the outside is not what it is on the inside. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. So quick question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but um, if I'm a parent and I'm concerned about this delivery mechanism in my child's school, um, can I say to the teacher, do you have social-emotional learning in my child's school day? Or is it something that's tucked into every subject so that on the outside it wouldn't even look like social-emotional learning? It's a good question. Um, You know, you certainly
1: can and should ask it Mm -hmm. just plain in those words and see what sort of a response you get. I can say with 100% certainty that every school in the state of Minnesota has some sort of social emotional Mm -hmm. learning program. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and to the degree that a teacher is going to be open and transparent, you know, it's kind of depends on Mm -hmm. are you you talking about a teacher? Are you talking about an activist? I always try to uh, Mm -hmm. make that distinction because there are so many good teachers that are there for the right reasons. They're not there to indoctrinate your children. They don't want any part of, you know, some sort of framework that Trying to embed political ideology into the uh-huh. classroom. But, uh-huh. um, so yes, ask the question, um, but I think that. It- with respect to like is this existing and then other you know Mm -hmm. subjects or is it really just confined to one part of the day Mm -hmm. that will depend Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard you know kind of anecdotally from from parents with uh, young elementary school kids that it might look like hey we have this 20 to 30 minute carve out time for social emotional learning and they've adopted this program and they're going to really focus in on that during that particular time Mm -hmm. however um, you know a lot of the educators who are I hate to use the term like drinking the Kool-Aid but the ones that really buy into this Mm -hmm. um, feel that it is their duty because again they are really looking at this as like this is our opportunity to really be the agents of social change that yes. these programs seek to to have them play that role mm-hmm. um, that we're going to embed it everywhere. So yes. one example that I hear and I think this helps uh, understand culturally responsive teaching is that um, you know students the, the the goal of socially responsive teaching is. Uh, they believe that students have to develop a broader socio-political consciousness that allows them to critique the cultural norms, values, and institutions that produce social inequities. That's a lot yeah, for an elementary is, school right. kid, right? I know. So what they're saying is, and this is what it looks like at the elementary level: kids want to tell you about their weekend, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what did you do? Oh, we went to an amusement park. Okay, so they're going to start teasing out, you know, oh, how did you get there? And like, you know, tell yes. me more about that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody in the classroom is going to make a comment like, oh, we, you know, we can't go because we couldn't afford to go or or something like that, Mm -hmm. that really, you know, turns on a little bit of like an entry point to, oh, well, there's an inequity here Mm -hmm. that we should explore. Mm -hmm. Um, That is their Mm -hmm. opportunity then. Mm -hmm. That's an inroad to have a conversation about Mm -hmm. race and class. And so teachers who are trained in this method, and most of our teachers are now because you mm -hmm. have to go to these trainings. It's Mm -hmm. it's required by the district or you're heavily encouraged to.
2: And now it's going to be required at the licensure level. Mm -hmm. Right,
1: right. So, you know, I think that is something to be aware of is if you have an activist teacher who really wants to kind of go down these roads with your kids, They will go down. They can find Mm -hmm. it in In math and they can find it in science and they can find a million different places Mm -hmm. where they can start. So let's play off a little
3: bit on Mm -hmm. what Christine said. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, she's talking about things like even if you as a parent are very um, involved, you're looking, you you know, you're helping your child with homework. You're asking them about their day. You are chatting with the teacher about the curriculum. Things like this won't show up in curriculum. And I think it's important to point out to parents. So Mm -hmm. what Christine Mm -hmm. is talking about is, you know, Let's talk about a math problem today. So, let's do this and it's a word problem. Mm-hmm. So, if Johnny gets in the car with his sister Susie and they drive 15 miles to an amusement park. You know, what how many miles did they go? And mm-hmm. and maybe gas is $3 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Students, how many, you know, how much did they spend on gas that day? Mm-hmm. Well, a teacher can take that any number of ways. One of the ways is how many of you have been to an amusement park mm-hmm. before? Mm-hmm. Maybe Ten kids in the class raise their hand, but five do not. So mm-hmm. then they're talking about, well, how do you all feel who have not been to an amusement mm-hmm. park? So then all of a sudden the people that do go to an am- have been, they feel bad mm-hmm. because they're good little kids and they mm-hmm. want to include their friends. Mm-hmm. And then they spend the rest of the time discussing, well, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. What, you know, boy, some of you have never gotten to go. Maybe it's because Mom has a serious health condition and, oh, that's a terrible thing. Is she getting the health care that she needs? Mm -hmm. Maybe some of you don't have the funds to go. That's a terrible thing as well. That's not going to show up if you request curriculum. And teachers who believe in this and they believe that they're doing a social good, this is not going to show up and they can take something as innocuous as Johnny and Susie are driving Mm -hmm. 20 miles so it looks like a math
2: problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and often 100%. then it's tied to the color of their skin. You know, it's the beginnings of, uh, you know, if you're white, you're an oppressor. And, um, you know, feeding that into little, little kids. As you said, little kids are caring individuals by and large, and um, they don't want to be seen as something bad. Neither do adults for that well, matter. Right. right. right? right. So right. anyway. All right, Christine, go ahead. Yeah. I know you have so much more well, to share. And
1: I think the other thing and you just sort of touched on it is that this is putting teachers in a position to provide some unlicensed therapy here to students. <laughs> yes. um, you start going down these roads. I had a parent call me and say, hey, our second grader is in this class where they're doing a social emotional learning program and they have this carve out time and they bring up topics like death talk yes. about that. And they start teasing out, like, does anyone have any examples of when you've experienced that? You get some really disturbing, dark and yeah. very personal things coming out of second graders that that teacher is not equipped to deal with or right. handle or, you know, and then and then that goes out into the playground. I mean, you can't even just confine it then to that 30 minute time right. slot because then it's out. And those kids, yeah. you know, their brains are thinking about that all day and they're sharing things. And so that is kind of where I think this takes a really uh, disturbing turn. Mm-hmm. And I think that the other thing to remember about social emotional learning is this is what's called a trauma informed practice that requires every child to be placed in a mental health intervention. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're assuming that every child has been the victim of trauma just by like being in the oh, world. Just right. Sweating. Like, mm-hmm. um, so this system requires school counselors to work as social justice advocates who shift the school culture. Um, you know, to emphasize racism, gender ideology, sexual preference. And it's a systemic change that is disguised by this innocuous language Mm -hmm. of like, we have a
3: welcoming and safe school. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what does Mm -hmm. that really mean? What does that Um, mean? Who's defining safe? mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And parents, we really do. We need to be thinking about this. And I get this. Um, You know, Christine has young kids. I have young kids. You're emptying the dishwasher. I always use that experience (laughs) because guess what? I am always Emptying the dishwasher. <laughs> that thing is or filling not, it or refilling <laughs> it and then running it again. But think about that for just one minute. What Christine said the the teacher of second graders is saying, hey, guys, we're going to talk about death mm-hmm. today.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That is not appropriate at school. Mm-hmm. That is not an appropriate setting. It is not appropriate to have young. What What, are the, what is it? Mm Seven-year-olds, I don't want an adult talking to a seven-year-old about deeply personal topics with a bunch of other Mm seven-year-olds. If we want to talk about safe, that is not a safe thing. Parents, pay attention to who is speaking into your kid's life. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you know them. Make sure that you understand what's going on with those conversations. Mm-hmm.
1: And set up your boundaries. We had a back-to-school letter that we tried to draft to encourage parents to either use ours as a template or make their own, to just spell it out and just say, hey, and and in a very friendly way, I know there's a lot of controversial things happening in education right now. Here are my concerns. These are where my boundaries are, okay? If you're going to talk about A, B, or C issues that I don't want my kids mm-hmm. talking about with you, tell her, tell her or him what mm-hmm. they are in mm-hmm. advance mm-hmm. so they've got a heads up that this is crossing a line and I need you to let me know before you have these conversations Conversations. Because mm-hmm. what we find out is that as they're teasing out these issues, we had some parents in Edina learn that their first graders spent an entire week talking about transgendered sexuality because one student on a Monday was talking about a soccer player and they were, you know, asking mm-hmm. some questions about, I think this Megan Rapinoe saying, oh, like she has some like male traits or qualities about, you know, her appearance. And the teacher was like, there's the inroad. And she utilized those questions to create a whole then lesson. And we talked about this. And then so she sent a letter to parents on a Friday to recap, you know, this the, the week or whatever. This, this is what we, we learned this week. Doing. Just so you know, we talked all about this all she week. Was, she was actually proud of this. After, huh? Oh, yeah. And she said it was graders. such a beautiful thing. And it was so amazing. And they had such interesting questions. And I really enjoyed doing this with your students. And it's like, no, oh <laughs> I mean, that, I, I think, imagine. is something we need to be aware of, too, is that you don't want to hear this after the fact. Yeah, you want to get in front of it. So yeah. have those conversations with the teacher mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other thing to, to remember, too, is that um, part of the social justice or uh, social emotional social justice yeah. has like a <laughs> slip. Um, yeah. But, you know, part of these things are um, the surveys, right? They need to continually exercise um, you know, or uh, execute these surveys. And sometimes they'll call them screeners or questionnaires. Um, to continually ask students things like, you know, how safe do you feel at school? How welcome? How able are you to do your assignment? I mean, a variety of different things constantly. And they're Mm -hmm. collecting that data Mm -hmm. and they're going to utilize that data and manipulate that data to justify spending more money on social emotional learning. It is a never ending Mm -hmm. cycle. So that's something to always have your radar Mm -hmm. up to. Mm -hmm. Um, Let them know that they do not have your permission to continually be asking Mm -hmm. your children a million different questions, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is not mm-hmm. helping them learn academically at all.
2: Isn't there some uh, Minnesota State statute saying that uh, schools must inform parents about a survey beforehand? Yes. And also, um, and I
1: want to point this out is that you can opt your kids out of this. And, and I think you should be clear and not even just formula or formulaic by, you know, using an opt out form, but just let them know, hey, if you're going to, because what they do is they get around it by saying, well, you've opted out of surveys, but this is just a questionnaire (laughs) or something. Oh, my goodness. It is continually a game of semantics and wordplay all the time. But just be very clear about what you're talking about. But there is an opt out form. So, um, you know, you can exercise your legal right to opt your, your students out of surveys, and you can go to our website, minnesotaparents.org, and we can walk you through the process and Mm -hmm. give you the form that you can do Mm -hmm. that. But I would also encourage just having that conversation, Mm -hmm. putting it in writing, giving your teacher a letter. You don't have my permission to do screeners, questionnaires, Mm -hmm. any of these things that might collect Mm -hmm. data about my kid.
2: Well, and not only that, but I know some of the surveys are very um, direct about sexuality. Yes. 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 Very intrusive is a better word. And planting seeds in young people's minds and hearts about... Things (laughs)
1: Things, <laughs> things they don't even know they about they don't even yeah, know yeah.
2: yes exactly and mm-hmm. then they're going home and asking what is this what is that here's yeah. the other thing that i think
1: is important too about social emotional learning is that a lot of these and that that example that i gave about the second grade program um, that came in with a grant And so right Mm. now, because our districts are financially strapped, there are several districts in the state of Minnesota that are insolvent. Mm. Um, You know, you look at districts like Rochester, they're $14 million in deficit. How can this
2: be after all of this, the money that came to them through the COVID? Because uh,
1: it's out. That money's gone. And so it's the same with these grants. They will accept because it's very alluring to say, here's $2 million to run, you know, this sort of pilot program in your district, a social emotional pilot program, that's very Alluring to districts Mm -hmm. who are in financial trouble um, Mm -hmm. to take that on. But guess what? When that grant money is done, your district is on the hook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So be very careful about that. I think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, our districts right now are very vulnerable to these predatory programs, Mm -hmm. I think, coming in and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, enticing them to say, hey, let's Mm -hmm. try this pilot program you know, under the guise of you have a student mental health crisis we have to solve. This is the magic bullet. Like mm-hmm. we're giving you this easy solution, social, emotional learning. Who could possibly say no to that? Mm-hmm. And again, if you say no to it, it's like you don't care about the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, don't fall for that. And mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of organizations that are doing good work around informing on this issue. Um, I'm going to make a plug for Courage as a Habit a website okay. you can go mm-hmm. to where they have distilled, again, this very complex issue down into like one to five page PDFs with talking points of like, what is this? What isn't it? All the different aspects of, um, you know, social emotional learning, the school counselors association issues are it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would use courage as a habit, as a starting point, if you're just starting okay. to explore these issues. Um mm-hmm. it's fantastic, and we link to some of that on our website as well. Mm-hmm. I know Mom's for Liberty put out a social emotional learning sort of guide and toolkit. Okay. so there are groups um you know, not just ours but others that are really trying to make simplify this mm-hmm. because I think and and really try to decode the language for parents right. that are really mm-hmm. trying to figure out what is that is, at is the, root the of this. key yes.
2: Decoding, you know i I have said this for for years that the the left and I mean the hard left <laughs> is so good at. Taking language and twisting it ever so slightly, but then. Bringing about a completely different meaning, you know, such Mm -hmm. as anti racist, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but social emotional learning is another one of those examples. And, and this is where I think it is really confusing to parents. They hear that these things are happening in their kids' schools, but they're reading their teacher's newsletter every week. They're maybe going to, you know, meetings now and then, and they're just not seeing evidence of it. And they think it can't really be there. It can't be Mm -hmm. true. Must not be my district. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you're saying, social emotional learning is in every district. This example you gave was in a first grade class. Second, I think yeah. you said, oh, second yeah. grade class in Edina. And, um, you know, you shared examples on the show yeah. last week from virtually every school district around the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You know, parents, you need to be aware that this really is there. Whether you see it or not, you need to do your research. And
1: and and rural Minnesota, I'm talking to you. I can't tell you how many times we're getting, you know, emails from parents that are living in towns that don't have a stoplight. And all of a sudden, they're like, we have to accommodate, you know, this demographic that we actually don't think even exists in our district. And where is this coming from, right, Mm -hmm. is often the question. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. definitely that. And then, you know, I wanted to touch also on the restorative justice thing, because we have a yeah. timely thing here um, in the Twin Cities okay. area, in St. Paul okay. Public Schools. There was a tragedy that happened at Harding High School right. um, that, in my view, was potentially preventable. Yes, um, And you look at other tragedies that have happened nationally, like Parkland, and, mm-hmm. um, it's preventable. And mm-hmm. these restorative justice practices that are tethered to the social-emotional learning programs are doing a disservice to our children's safety mm-hmm. and the teachers' mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a, a tragedy at Harding for our local Pioneer Press to start covering this issue. And they've mm-hmm. had teachers now speaking up saying, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Those are the quotes in the Pioneer Press article. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. saw this coming. Mm-hmm. We could have predicted it because we have stopped Uh, You know, the discipline policies that we have in place to keep children safe, you know, out of this sort of, you know, social justice, uh, you know, counselors, not Mm -hmm. cops type initiatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Our students aren't safe and they're also not successful. I mean, you're looking at academic achievement plummeting and it's like the time that is being spent on these social emotional learning programs in school aren't these children better served to have teachers helping them learn how to read yes, is yeah, really yes. the question at the
2: Yeah end of the day. and I just just again to clarify for our listeners um the restorative justice programs are are programs that were often brought in by consultants I know St. Paul Public Schools had um the pub or the peltna not the pub uh the Pacific Education Group oh, yes. peg yep. come in and and really change the way they disciplined and this has actually been going on in St. Paul public schools for a long time that same group was hired by many other districts around the twin cities so this restorative um justice is taking away disciplinary measures that we would consider um, you know, as as maybe older individuals to be traditional discipline, right? Mm-hmm. If a student is talking back to a teacher, mm-hmm. they should be disciplined, right? Mm-hmm. If a te- If a student gets up and walks out of class, they should be disciplined. If a student gets in a fight in the hallway and harms another individual, they should be disciplined. But with the restorative justice practices, those disciplinary measures are not being taken. Simple things like talking back to a teacher that should be so simple to mm-hmm. shut down, um, is not being shut down in the name of restorative justice. Yep. And again, social
1: emotional learning, this is at the root. And I think that the reporting practices, too, have been
2: totally eliminated in mm-hmm. some
1: districts of yes. the incident reporting that has to Well, that's to because happen.
2: the Minnesota Department, Department of, human, of rights. Yes, yes. human Rights threatened yep. every school district across the state of Minnesota, saying if you mm-hmm. don't have an equal number of suspensions or uh, what have you, disciplinary measures between whites and Asians and other kids, then we will actually sue you. Mm-hmm they threatened lost. You know, and they've done workshops and
1: trainings. Yeah. I spoke with an administrator in a metro area school district face to face saying, are you telling me that you are changing your the way that you report incidents based on race? And she said, yes, we've realized that we're racist in our reporting. And I was astounded to hear her say this just, mm-hmm. just flatly wow. like that. And I said, I don't want to be in this room a year from now when a tragedy has occurred and have everybody say we all knew it. This was the kid that we all, there were tons of red right. flags that were not documented along the way. And this was a and conversation no you had? This was a conversation that I had. Had. In what do you mind sharing? What district? No, it was Osseo, and okay. they had a community mm-hmm. safety meeting, and they talked about their emergency preparedness, and they had the police officers there and the SROs, mm-hmm. and um, they they found out that parents were going to show up to talk about not just like the the worst case scenario, like I think everybody thinks about this in context of like a school you know active shooter drill, right? Mm-hmm. No, this or is a like, knifing, what like what parents wanted to talk about was not just that, but the day to day violence that's mm-hmm. happening. What happened at Harding was day to day violence. I was a kid with a knife in the hallway, mm-hmm. um, so I think that what we're trying to highlight here is that you know the most uh, fair, equitable, safe thing to do for our kids of color, is to keep them safe, yes, right? And, to and so a real the, the child at mm-hmm. Harding was a child of color who mm-hmm. could have been, I think, um, you know, th- there, were, there were many opportunities along the way to avoid mm-hmm. that. That was a predictable mm-hmm. outcome of these really terrible mm-hmm. policies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I am, you know, to your point, um, when I, and I've shared this on our show before, Abigail, but when I do teacher interviews, teachers coming from Um, other public school settings have shared with me how frustrating it is that they spend so much of their time just dealing with students who are um, not behaving and they can't discipline them the way they used to be able to do. And the the fact that these hands of these teachers are tied is frustrating for them. It's frustrating to the students who want to learn. And again, this is not limited to St. Paul, Minneapolis schools. This is A new philosophy that is permeating every school district across, really across America. This isn't even just a Minnesota thing. Um, and until parents really stand up, like you say, Mm -hmm. Christine. Par- the power yes. is with the parents. Yes. Right. And teachers. Parents need Lock rem- arms and with teachers. the teachers. Yes. Absolutely. Are there- they are
1: a powerful voice right now that needs to to come forward and really speak mm-hmm. their experience. Are
2: there teachers groups uh, involved with your um, organization? You know,
1: we have teachers that come to our organization and mm-hmm. a lot of times say anonymously, I would like to share this story because they mm-hmm. obviously are fearful of, you know, retaliation for their job. But mm-hmm. um, I am noticing a trend that teachers are becoming more emboldened probably because they have one foot out the door and, yeah. and they know they're going to quit anyway mm-hmm. if things don't change. So that's that's kind of their, you know, last hope is to expose some of mm-hmm. this and hope that there will be, um, you know, school board mm-hmm. members and administrators with the appetite to hear what they're saying and actually mm-hmm. affect some change. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is it is a really, um, you know, hard thing to have this whole conversation. It's like kind of doom and gloom. But I do want to continue to point to the fact that, you know, parents do still have some levers right. of control in their students' lives. And I think it's going to take courageous parents, you know, getting educated, educate yourself on, you know, what SEL is, what it isn't. Uh, What do these words mean? How do people that are using them intend them Mm -hmm. to mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Pay attention to what's going on at the legislature right now. I know it's depressing to watch, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of bills that are being advanced that relate to social emotional learning, Mm -hmm. ethnic studies. I mean, these are all things that will probably uh, some of them take away some local control that our school boards still do Mm -hmm. retain to Mm -hmm. select curriculum and your right as a parent to select curriculum. So stay Mm -hmm. involved and and stay informed and and awaken others. Mm -hmm. You know, create a community. I feel like this is concentric circles where obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, you get your own four walls of your house right first Mm -hmm. and then you go out into your community and you Mm -hmm. talk to kids, you know, parents at soccer games and then you go out to your school board and your school administrators and then you go to your state. So Mm -hmm. it's kind
2: of um, you know, do what you can within the sphere of Mm-hmm. of spheres of control that you do have mm-hmm. that is such good buy- advice to leave us on to Christine is that you don't have to solve all the problem at once right you just have right. to start with your own self and the people in your influence circles And then take it from there, right? That is the important thing to remember. And don't be overwhelmed.
1: Eat the elephant one bite at a
2: time. And and turn off your phone, turn off your TV, and start researching this, right? It's easy to sit and scroll Facebook for 45 minutes or an hour. Spend that time reading up instead and learning about these things. Your children are worth it. Do it. Yeah, they get one chance at an education, right? right? That's why we're here, right, Abigail? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christine, thank you so much for these last couple of weeks. We so appreciate all the work that you're doing And Abigail, as always, we love doing shows together. Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners. And we hope that you'll listen to this podcast at SaveTheClassroom.com and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Good night.